everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. We're coming rain, shine, or anything in between. We're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside Connor Bouncesor. And man, this is another. Well, was, you know, some some last week was rough, but this, the most important thing is a K State sweeping the defending national champions from last year, and that's how we're going to open up this weekly recap. And that is the 3-0 Volleycat sweep of Texas. And Connor can confirm, and I can confirm with Connor's emotion, so we can kind of confirm each other's emotion here. This was probably the most excited we've been looking at a Volleycats matchup in a very, very long time. Not only did it break a long streak of, you know, us not beating Texas in volleyball for a very long time, but this was a pretty... I'm not going to say it was a dominant sweep, but, you know, it's a sweep, so it's about as dominant as you'd expect. But, yeah, this is probably one of the biggest K-State Volleycat victories probably the last decade, and it's hopefully the first of many in the Mansfield era, but, I, I mean, what else can you really say, right? Yeah, I mean, this was incredible. Uh, it's the first win over Texas in 39 tries, which is super sad, but it's uh, it does help drive home just how big of a win this was. It was our first sweep over Texas since 2000, uh, I believe is what they said, uh, which uh, putting the series record uh, up on the screen uh, was uh, an interesting experience because at one point this was like a really close series. It was 10-7. Like, it was 10-7 and then Texas decided to win 39 in a row. And but but we do get the last laugh, and this wasn't really Texas throwing away the game either. This was um, K State was super efficient on offense and played really fantastic uh, defense. We were receiving really really well, uh, fifty three digs uh, that, that goes a long way, and uh, we were just everywhere Texas was trying to attack, we were there, and uh, a lot of times in the past and going up against really athletic squads like. Texas it's felt like they've been able to attack wherever they want we've just been unprepared and we were more than prepared for Texas we completely overwhelmed them uh, not just with our preparation but with uh, our execution on the fours incredible to watch uh, completely unexpected out of left field uh, victory for the volley cats and a win that especially after dropping a couple of games uh, over the weekend this one puts them very squarely, I think, in the tournament field right now. And I think they're kind of at a point where they just, um, they're more comfortably in than I thought they would be yeah. at this point. Uh, especially some of, given some of what we've seen from uh, predictions from various volleyball bracketologists. We're doing a little bit better than I thought we'd be. RPI is in the 60s right now. That right? was before this. Yeah, 62. They only update it weekly. Yeah. So we won't know until Monday, but this probably vaults us at least into the low 40s, I would imagine. But yeah, what a win. Yeah, I mean, hitting 351 for the entire match, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, of course, you have the the leaders and kills, like Aaliyah Carter with 20, Anaya Clinton with 7, and then Izzy Shulsheski, honestly, may be the MVP of this game. Because she did just about everything you could have asked her to do. Yeah, she was phenomenal. She's been really great this whole season, but she was just excellent uh, in particular in uh, this match. She seems to really uh, show up when it matters most. 
because uh, I mean, not only did she um, get a few kills on, I, I don't know what it's called whenever the setter just sends it over on the second hit, uh, but she got a couple on that. But then she also had a few off of a rebound or off of a miss hit uh, where she just took advantage of uh, the opportunities that she had. She also had some incredible blocks uh, up against Texas. We were doing a fantastic job defensively um, as a whole. Uh, and then, of course, she was doing fantastic setting. She had 31 sets. She was phenomenal. I mean, there, I, Aaliyah Carter was incredible, too. She had uh, 20 kills in just three sets, which is really, really, really hard to do. Yeah. Uh, that is a incredible feat for uh, for Aaliyah Carter. Uh, that's the fifth, tied for fifth most kills in a three-set match in school history. And it's the first time that K-State's had somebody do that since she did it back in 2021 against Wayne State. So she a little bit of an yeah, upgrading competition. Yeah, and there. you could say it's against a better a better team. <laughs> but just unbelievable stuff from both Aaliyah Carter and Izzy Solchewski in particular. Uh, I thought those two were definitely the banner winners. Um, a shout out though to Brenna Schmidt, who had some huge kills. Uh, in this match. Uh, she had a, a few in particular late uh, that were massive. Uh, and her development has been really interesting to watch this year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, especially coming after losing two matches up against KU, no, we're not going to cover those because we don't want to, <laughs> other than mentioning them, which is the first one was a 2-3 kind of choke job, and the second one was just a sweep. So, you know, at, coming off of that, Picking up a victory against number three in the country and the previous national title winners, that's massive. Like, that is big, big, mm-hmm. big-time stuff. Yeah, and to hand them their first Big 12 loss on the year, uh, just the second time they've been swept this whole year, and the only other time was to Stanford, who was then second-ranked, and I think they're currently fourth or fifth, and they'll probably be moving back into a second or third now. I mean, this is... A massive, massive, massive win over a super talented team. I mean, you can even just see it uh, with uh, just how tall everybody on their team oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> like, everybody is super tall. They're like half their lineup's going to be an Olympian. And I mean, they're just incredible. They're really good every year. They are just able to dominate the high level talent uh, and dominate recruiting circles. There's very little to be done about that. They, they just have access to more funds than we're ever going to have for that. But, I mean, like it was pretty incredible to watch, you know, like Izzy Shulshevsky, even though she's only 5'7", going up and getting, uh, I think what was counted as uh, block assists, mm-hmm. uh, but should have been so, uh, there should have been at least one solo block for her, uh, going up and getting kills. She was really the heart of the team, uh, even though Leah Carter, I think, was the winner on the stat sheet for sure. Yeah. And one final note on this game, the environment was really good as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I um, am looking at the capacity on the box score. Looks like we were slightly past capacity, so we were just in the standing room because I think it's 3,000 as the capacity at mm-hmm. uh, Morgan Family Arena. But uh, that this win marked, uh, I think it was, what, like 12 straight? Uh, set wins against ranked teams at home. Yep, 12 straight set wins against ranked teams at home. Yeah, because that goes back to um, all the way to uh, um, Iowa State and, and then BYU twice and then Texas. So uh, going back quite a ways, we're, we've been 
completely holding serve at home. And it's pretty incredible to see uh, Morgan Family Arena um, kind of develop over the season into this place that's legitimately difficult to play. And it was when I saw the capacity was going to be 3,000 initially, I was a little worried. Texas's arena is only 4,000, so I guess it's really not that bad at all. Uh, 3,000 is what you have to have, I think, to host for uh, NCAA Volleyball Regionals. That's not something we're going to do. But <laughs> be cool. Just, it would be fun, but I don't... Not it's this not year. Happening. Not this year, at least. But, no, it was an incredible environment. Uh, the students were really into it. Um, and they tried to storm the court after. Security said no. Cowardly behavior. Let the kids have fun. Let the, yeah, let the kids have fun. But... Yeah, the next matchups are up against Texas Tech at home next Friday, and then Houston uh, the Saturday after, so two weeks from now. That's Thanksgiving Saturday, I believe. Uh, yes, it is correct. I have a calendar right in front of me. But <laughs> yeah, a huge win for the Volley Cats. So uh, after that, well, after well, real quick, we'll just take a quick word from today's sponsor. And we are back to this weekly recap for the Aggie Bill Alley Cats. Before we get into men's catsketball, if you are enjoying the episode, please be sure to leave a review and let us know. It helps spread the podcast around, and you know it's just nice to see. But now we can get into men's catsketball, the regular season debut, down up against USC in Las Vegas. Unfortunately, K-State ended up falling 82-69, to and a lot of this performance... It, it Okay, I'm not upset with this performance. Um, I'm fine with it, and the main reason why is because this is one of those losses that I think you can just kind of shrug your shoulders and say, eh, it just wasn't really their day, especially in the first half. I, I don't expect this to go 8 for 33, uh, shooting the three-point ball <laughs> um, very often, especially in the first half where Tyler Perry was ice cold. <laughs> up until the very end. But, you know, I don't want to minimize, but USC is a very good team. Like, we, they've proved that. And we're still getting used to an offensive philosophy, so on and so forth. But I think the most important part, it just just wasn't our day. <laughs> yeah, this was a, it was a disappointing game for sure, uh, especially uh, coming off of last year. Um, I think... There, there's a lot of different lenses to view this game through, and it definitely is disappointing. Uh, I think just coming into the year after last season with so much hype, uh, you can look at it through different lenses, though, and say last year's team didn't look incredible in the non-conference. Uh, we beat Cal, but if I mean, if you really like, like if you watch that game live, like that game was a lot closer than it should have been. Yeah, it wasn't really convincing. Yeah, so. But this year still, I would have liked us to show a little bit more life uh, defensively. Uh, USC is a really good team, though. I mean, there's a reason they have the number one recruiting class, uh, even without uh, Bronnie James. Uh, They they have some incredible, incredible players. And, yeah, this is also, I I think you said it well, this is not going to be a team that shoots, like, sub-30% from three super often, I'm hoping. Uh, Tyler Perry did... Uh, start to figure it out towards the uh, latter half of the game. Kim Carter actually shot fairly decently from three, although he didn't make any of his other field goal attempts, which is another issue. 
Um, but there were still some bright spots. I thought that the bigs were generally good. When I say the bigs, I mean like the gen- like the genuine post players, not including like Arthur Kaluma and that. He didn't have a great night. But David Gasson, I thought, was pretty good. Had a double-double. Yeah. Yeah, he had 10 rebounds. I thought our rebounding was surprisingly good. Hmm. Uh, Will McNair, in limited action, he looked um, better than I anticipated. And then uh, Jarrell Colbert, he was pretty foul-prone, but was uh, a rim protector and uh, had a, a couple of dunks. Uh, he was uh, pretty solid, I would say. Uh, but the guard play definitely has some development to do. Um, RJ and Day-Day... Uh, definitely kind of seemed like fish out of water, I think. That's that's a pretty difficult game uh, to start your career with. Granted, you can say the same thing for USC, but they just had a different caliber of uh, recruits. Both both of their true freshmen that were going off are probably going to be lottery picks. So uh, it's difficult, difficult game to sit through as a K-State fan, but... Uh, there were still some positives to take from it, but I'm interested. I'm more interested to see how they're going to refocus and learn from it. Yeah, I mean, we can go over the stat lines pretty briefly here. I'll go over the starting five if you don't mind. Sure. All right. Tyler Perry had 35 minutes, five for 17 from the field, four of 12 from three, but eight of nine on his free throws with six rebounds, three fouls, six assists, one turnover, four steals, 22 total points. Yeah, it's the field goal percentage that really killed him. But wait. You have some one of the guards who did worse. Uh, Cam Carter with 28 minutes, 4 of 16 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3. You can't have that. Well, you can take the 4 of 9 from 3, but you can't take the 4 of 16 from the field. Uh, 3 of 4 in his free throws, 5 boards, 4 fouls, 2 assists, 2 turnovers, 2 steals, 15 points. David Gasson, as we mentioned earlier, had a double-double with points and rebounds. 5 of 8 from the field, took one of his... Took A3 of all time. Uh, missed his one free throw. As I said, 10 boards. Two, two turnovers, one, one steal, excuse me. Arthur Kaluma was really cold the entire game. Uh, 1 of 11 from the field, 0 of 5 from 3. 4 of 6 on his free throw attempts, but did get 9 boards. Fouled 4 times. 2 assists, uh, 4 turnovers, 1 steal, 6 total points. And then Taj Manning rounded out the starting five played nine minutes only got one board uh, one board credited to him i guarantee you he contributed more than that but that was his lone stat on the game was getting nine minutes and one board so and that sort of fifth spot was taken up by a lot of different people (laughs) yeah i think the most impressive thing out of that whole lineup is david gasana's seven offensive rebounds uh i i I was pretty surprised to see that but i i think he might be due for uh, a big improvement this year. But getting to the bench, um, just kind of a mix of guys that had good, not great games uh, to not as good games. Will McNair, uh, he only played nine minutes, uh, but he looked pretty good, all things considered. He had three offensive rebounds, uh, eight points, four or five from the field. He was really good. Drell Colbert had a scary fall late in the game, but uh, he seems okay. Seems we haven't heard anything, at least, about him being hurt. Uh, he had four points, two rebounds, a few blocks, uh, a few turnovers. Was kind of foul-prone, though. Uh, Dorian Finister played 12 minutes. He had two points, two fouls, uh, and a turnover and a steal. Um, RJ Jones, um, Ofer from the field, um, had two points, two rebounds, an assist, a turnover. Day-Day Ames, Ofer from the field as well. He didn't score. 
uh, had three fouls, three assists, three turnovers, and a rebound. And Michaela Bridge played five minutes, but he didn't register any stats. So uh, not incredible from the bench. Will McNair is fairly decent, I thought. Drew Colbert, I think, had a, a nice defensive impact, if not still being uh, foul-prone, which could be a concern. Uh, I was hoping for a little bit more from the uh, – true freshman guards not even a lot i was just hoping for a field goal something i was hoping for maybe a field goal each from either of them and they weren't really able to do that but that was most of the team we were just weren't converting wide open looks our shot uh quality i think was probably really good i think that we were getting some really excellent open looks and they just weren't falling which if that becomes a uh common theme then that's a bridge that we can cross but I, I'm not gonna burn it down after a single game. And being fair, USC's threes weren't really falling either. <laughs> yeah, it felt like they were, but they really weren't because they went five of twenty. Uh, they were just making, they were just getting to the bucket a lot, is what it was. Uh, Boogie Ellis and Isaiah Collier pretty much just got to the rim at will. Isaiah Collier was seven of nine from the field, but he only made one three. So that it was just talented freshmen getting downhill and uh, getting past our guards and using their size to their advantage. That was pretty much it. Yep. So, disappointing way to open the season, but I don't, I'm don't. i not ringing any alarm bells or anything. Yeah, I'm not there yet. But the next two games are up against Bellarmine and South Dakota on Friday and Monday, respectively. So, you know, opportunity to sort of step into the offense in a more, well, a less bad situation, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, eh, I'm not ringing any alarm bells yet. I still think that this is at minimum going to be a very fun team. And I think the talent on the roster is a tournament roster. Yeah. Yeah. It's just would have liked to see us put up a, a bit more of a fight on the scoreboard, at least with USC. If you're going to be on national television, you need to make the most of that. Yeah. Uh, but, um, could have been worse, I guess, with how we were playing at times. Yeah. Now we can talk about the women's basketball team up against in their first game up against uh, Presbyterian ended up winning sixty nine to thirty five. This was a pretty you no, know, obviously they only score 30, 35 points, so it's a pretty dominant defensive game. Uh, first general note, yeah, I'm, I still have offensive concerns uh, with the team. I still have offensive concerns, uh, but. The bright side, they did shoot 36.8% from three. I'll take that. It's just 44% from the field in general. I'll take a little less of that. (laughs) Just a a wee bit less of that. Uh, But I also think that a lot of it is sort of... You got to keep in mind that the the main two, Ioka Lee and Gabby Gregory, haven't played together yet. Um, I know that that was like a big part of it, it. a big part of it and it's quite clear that uh other than serena sundell people are still getting used to how to pass to because she was seemingly the only one to have figured that out so far unless i'm missing someone which is possible but i have a few offensive concerns but they seemingly figured it out towards the back end of the game so i'm fine and we won by 30 so <laughs> yeah i mean this was a fine game. I, I think they probably should have dominated more than they did, but they, it seemed like they were kind of sleepwalking throughout a lot of the first half. 
Um, they shot better in the second half. Uh, first half shooting, especially from three, wasn't good. They were one for 11 in the first half, which pretty bad. Um, but they did decently in the second half. They emptied the bench. Uh, we, we got to see um, Terrence Sides get 16 minutes. Uh, did not score, um, but um, did still get a lot of time, although she did foul out in 16 minutes, but that's just part of being a freshman. Uh, but yeah, everybody was just kind of cold, um, especially in the first half. We were missing a lot of easy stuff, and uh, that's just something that I'm a little bit more concerned about with the women's team, uh, just because they have proven in the past that they can be a bad shooting team. The, the, the same cast of characters for the most part has shown me that they can go completely cold pretty much whenever they want. So... <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I'm a little nervous about that. Uh, bright spot, though, uh, Zayanna Walker was great in her debut as a Wildcat. She played 12 minutes, perfect from the field, 13 points. A lot to like about uh, that performance and scored at both levels. Uh, so uh, pretty good there. Ayoko Lee looked pretty comfortable uh, in her first game back. Um, had a few just kind of roll out, uh, but still had some big blocks as well. Uh, we got a ton of steals in this game, uh, 18 of them as a team, which is uh, just a crazy number of steals. Uh, but all in all, it was a, a pretty complete game uh, in the second half. Uh, first half left some to be desired, though. Yeah. And I think just in general, this team will be very, very annoying on defense Like to go up against. I think that they'll just be really annoying because they're just going to... Well, first off, they're finally playing man. But... <laughs> They, they're just constantly in your face and able to reach for the ball generally without fouling you. Especially the Glenn twins. Bradley must have picked up lessons from Jalen because they both had four steals this game. Um, but yeah, I think defensively this is, it's going to be a pretty good team. Like I said, the only questions I have is about shooting and how all the offensive pieces are going to come together. Um, but yeah, I was. Do you want to go over the starting five? Yeah, uh, Ayoko Lee. She was five eleven from the field, fourteen points, seven rebounds, um, added three blocks, two steals, two assists. Um, she was quality. She looked good. Uh, I'm imagining she's just kind of ramping back up to full speed. Uh, Jalen Glenn uh, played twenty nine minutes, three of six from the field, two four from three, had eleven points, six rebounds, uh, an assist, four turnovers, a block, and four steals. Uh, Gabby Gregory. Um, had a bit of a slow start to the year. Two of six from the field in 25 minutes. Uh, made two threes on two of five from deep. Uh, six points, two steals, two rebounds, three assists, and a turnover. Uh, Bradley Glenn um, only played 15 minutes. Uh, made three of six. Uh, had six points, two assists, and then added four steals as well. And then Serena Sundell rounded out the starting lineup. She played the most minutes out of anybody as well. Uh, she played 30. Um, had five points. Four rebounds, six assists, the two turnovers, three blocks, and then three steals, too. Yeah. And then just kind of the notable uh, bench players. Zayana Walker had an amazing game. 12 minutes, perfect from the field, including three of three from three. Um, one rebound, only two fouls, two assists, 13 total points. Uh, Gisela Sanchez played 20 minutes, three of eight from the field, which is my punishment for calling her to Connor's face the best player in the scrimmage. <laughs> Sorry, that's on me. Um, but she did have four rebounds to only one turnover and one block, six total points. 
Heavenly Greer uh, had four total points and an offensive uh, rebound. Amani Luster and Rebecca Dollinger each had two points. Terrence Sides had a bit of a rough game. Uh, didn't manage to hit any shots, but played uh, 16 minutes with four rebounds. And then Jamia Harris and Eliza Moppin, neither of them scored, but both of them ended up getting a rebound. So you'd be happy with the fact that we emptied the bench there. And, you know, I I don't want to overreact, but first off, both of the Louisville transfers looked really good. Imani Lester looked way more athletic than I thought she would. Yeah, her uh, high school tape uh, showed she was fairly athletic, but I, I wasn't expecting her to be fully up to speed, I guess, so quickly. Um, and... Uh, Ziana Walker, uh, I um, didn't know what to expect at all from her, and she uh, looked great. Uh, she was, I think, could be a really great spark plug off the bench uh, as a scorer for this team. Uh, she she looked really, really good, I thought. And uh, I'm excited to see how we use her uh, this season because she could be a really good weapon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's pretty much all I have to say about the, the first game. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, nothing else, no. All right. Well, the next time you will be able to see the Cats will be this Saturday at 1 p.m., so if you can get service in the stadium or if you're, you know, just sitting at home waiting for the football game, put on the, the women's basketball team when they play up against Little Rock. And then uh, next Thursday is the biggie. <laughs> next Thursday, I think, is a really big put-up-or-shut-up game at Iowa. Uh, would I project us to win? No. But... <laughs> Uh, I expect this, I expect that to be a really competitive game, just because our I think our depth is really good. So like I think this may be a game that Iowa may come out hot, but we just claw our way back into the game by virtue of having enough bodies that we don't get that tired. <laughs> yeah, um, I have no idea what to expect uh, from this Iowa game. Uh, it'll be our first challenge, really, and it's going to be a massive challenge. Uh, we beat them last year, of course, so they'll potentially be out for revenge. I'm not sure if they'll even care about that necessarily or if they'll just be more fueled by uh, wanting to make another run at the national title, especially since the uh, defending champs look very vulnerable. Uh, so there there could be plenty of factors fueling Iowa in this matchup. So uh, it's going to be a... Um, it's going to be appointment television, I think, for, for K-State fans. I, I think everyone should make an effort to tune in uh, to to this matchup. It's going to be massive. Yeah, and it's on FS1. Mm-hmm. So the women's, the women's team's getting some, some big boy billing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then after that, well, well, that's a next week problem, but Wisconsin. So sorry, Serena Sundell, for the elbow you're about to take to the face. But... <laughs> Uh, um, she she managed to avoid it in the Presbyterian game, so maybe she maybe she's gotten lucky. <laughs> yeah, hopefully so. But I, I guess we'll have to see if she can make it through unscathed. <laughs> but yeah, that pretty much wraps up all of the actual news for the weekly recap. Now, of course, we have the wacky segment of the week. This one we're just gonna do a little bit simpler. You had to drink one thing for the rest of your life. Assuming that it get, like you don't suffer any downsides from it and you still get proper hydration from it, what is the one beverage that you will drink for the rest of your life? You are not allowed to drink anything else. Um, hmm. One thing forever. Yes. You go first. Dr. Pepper. 
<laughs> okay. I really wish that we captured the look of disappointment on Connor's face. Well, I was mainly hoping you'd take a little longer. <laughs> well, no, 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 okay, I'll, I'll explain myself. The main reason why I say Dr. Pepper, and the main reason why I put the caveat of you still get the same hydration benefits, is that if I, if I didn't get the same hydration benefits, I would just say water because I need that to live. But if it's the same hydration benefit, I'm just going to go with, you know, whatever tastes the best. And to me, that would be Dr. Pepper. And it's same, like, health benefits and everything? Yeah. Okay. Then I'd probably say, like, Diet Pepsi then or something. Or that or Diet Dr. Pepper. Uh, I was thinking maybe, like, Powerade Zero. I'm a Powerade Zero guy. Uh, but... And yeah, I guess if there weren't any drawbacks to just drinking soda, I'd consider that. But I might. The thing is that I might get sick of soda mm. uh, because, like, if you could only drink soda, like that, that that would get like I'd, that that could kind of annoying after a while, maybe. Yeah. So there, there's an argument to be had for still the same water. Yeah. But I, I'm not sure. I'm not a coffee drinker either, so I, I'm not saying coffee. Yeah. No, neither of us are co- coffee enjoyers. With that being said, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. If you want to follow or contact the show, you can follow us just about anywhere at Aggieville Cats. And if you want to email us, we're AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on a more personal note, I'm at ACEdward00. I'm at Connor Baltazor, capital C, capital B. And if you want to support the show financially, please be sure to check out the official Aggieville Alley Cats merch store, where you can just find it in either our Twitter bio or our podcast bio. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats.